Hey guys, uh, this is a special episode uh, dedicated to uh, fishing, uh, bass fishing in general. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, baits, lures, lines, setups, um, just uh, different little nuances, uh, things that are going to help you out uh, when you're out there in the water. And uh, hopefully you can catch some more fish. And I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks. All right, guys, I got another topic that uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, with a friend of mine, uh, Jonathan. And um, he's a very good uh, fisherman. He's one of the best I've ever met. And what we're going to talk about is uh, bass fishing in general, um, the experiences that he's had, and uh, also the summertime fishing, which can be challenging, but also very fun, depending on how you approach it. So I just want to welcome... Jonathan to the podcast real talk with rich. How you doing Johnny? Doing pretty good um, What are your questions? All right, so um, in general like when I first started um, Bass fishing, I didn't know a lot of things. There's a lot of things that um, you kind of like taught me basically mm, I know that I started out with uh, With uh, hard plastics and then I moved on to uh, soft plastics but before that, I had never even really bass fished at all. I had, I was really just a, uh, I would use uh, live bait or dead bait. And um, so that transition was really hard for me to get, uh, to get past the learning curve. Um, could you talk about uh, bass fishing, like for beginners, like types of, uh, I guess we could start with types of lures and baits. Um, I would always recommend like, like uh, stick baits, worms, or crawls, like soft plastics. What you started off hard plastics. Um, is it harder to start off that way, or what? What's it's your it's better to start off with things that are, um, well, for for me, things that were a little bit more difficult to use, because once you figure out using it, the, the hard plastics are going to be pretty easy. Um, okay. But they, have, I mean, they have their own challenges for themselves. Yes. So. Yeah, I would recommend, like, worms, because, like, you can always, like, use wacky rigs or hook it up Texas rig. Okay. And around here, you catch them. I mean, it just it also depends on, like, the watercolor or where you're at um, with the colors of the lures. Okay. But I would recommend worms, starting off with that, or I guess crankbaits, too, if you're in open water. Okay. Uh, so, so the... So you're talking about using soft plastic worms. What are, because some, some people will just, you know, put it on their line and they'll throw it in the water and then they'll just reel it in, which we both know that that's not how it works. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, retrieves. Retrieving is the, the way you um, handle the, the, the line, which is reeling it in, and then also what you're doing with the pole. Are you lifting it up, down, left, right? So let's talk about that, your retrievals. Um... So when I'm doing like a wacky rig, I will kind of tap the pole up a little bit, um, maybe like two jerks or so, and then I'll let the bait sink. Uh, it just depends how slow. In summertime, the fish are a little bit more active, um, so you can be moving it a little bit more like violently, I guess. Okay. 
but I'll let it sink down, give it some taps again, let it sink. Uh, but you can switch it up too. Like I used to um, kind of make like a beat with it, if that makes any sense. Okay. Uh, so I'd like like tap the, the, the pole once and lift up and then I let it sink and then tap it like three times, then tap it two, and tap it one again, then three. And okay. just keep doing that. They usually hit it uh, on the fall. But that's wacky rig. Um, what, uh, so there's, uh, there's a thing that I, I noticed that, like, I was doing that was completely wrong, like, when I first started fishing with you. I would always get right next to the water, and I didn't realize that oh, yeah. the fish can, <laughs> the fish can see you, like, they, they'll, they'll see you, and, um, like, every time we go somewhere, uh, I've been, I've, I've started to, like, not get so close to the water, and then I just throw in, because, of course, if, if I throw it hard enough, it'll go into the water. So, um, is there, um, before we get any further into, like, uh, baits and retrievals, is there some, like, basic, like, one-on-one stuff, like what I just yeah, told you right okay. now? Yeah, okay. So, I approach, like, especially in new fishing spots. We have a lot of bayous over here in Houston and surrounding areas. Um, so, you have kind of, like, a bank. I would recommend always fishing on the side. So the sun's, I mean, it's, this is simple, um, to go about it, I guess. Where the sun's coming down, you don't want that shadow casted over the water. Okay. Um, if possible, if you can't avoid it, I mean, stay back, uh, cause the fish can see movement. Um, and if you have polarized glasses, that helps always get a pair of those cause you can see the fish, um, through all the sun glare. Okay. So there's that. Um, but I, I approach new fishing spots like if I'm hunting. Like I will literally like, I'll crawl up to a fishing spot and throw a line in and stuff. Uh, also, where to like find fish, if you want to get into that too, it's a beginner uh, thing. It's like pools. Because um, I, I fish a lot of creeks and like rivers. Okay. If I get to fish a lake, I'll, I mean, I'll fish it, but I'll go into that later on. But the surrounding areas, we have a lot of creeks, so I usually cast into the, um, like, the currents, like, where the, there's, like, little waterfalls over okay. the rocks. Oh, where, it, like, it's, like, bubbly? Yeah, like the spillovers. Okay. There's usually fish hanging out there or a little bit more downstream. Because, okay. like, bait fish or, like, crawfish or any other creatures, they'll kind of get disoriented about the tumble. So the bass and, I mean, it even goes for catfish too, because there's big catfish that'll hit your baits too. Um, they'll usually attack, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I know that, uh, you, you also use, which I never really thought of too, um, but you use Google Earth to find spots. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a whole topic in itself dude, because that's how I found a lot of fishing spots, um. And the cool thing about Google Earth is that you can put it on terrain, and you can actually see where the shadows mm -hmm. are on the lake. The only thing is that you don't know what time yeah. Google Earth mapped that, but you can kind of see and predict where the shadows are going to be at later on in the afternoon because you know that the shadow will be small, large, and then mm -hmm. go back to small again near the end of the day. Um, so Google Earth, um, obviously not standing too close to the water. Yeah, um, trying to be quiet. Have a nice pair of polarized glasses, also. Some polarized that, glasses. 
if you can see bait fish, there's most likely bass there. There's bass everywhere over here. You just have to find them. Um, if you're fishing like creeks in new areas, would you say it's important to probably like go uh, like with boots as opposed to like tennis yeah. shoes? Because uh, we've almost gotten bit by <laughs> cottonmouths before. I've had too many close calls. I don't, honestly, I'm surprised that I haven't gotten bit before. Yeah, I would recommend boots or just pants. I mean, usually they don't like... They want to attack you, but if you step on a snake, they're most likely going to bite you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I know that when I've fished with you before, you also you also walk with your fishing pole, like as a, like a walking stick, in front of you, like you're prodding. Yeah, and I'll press down. I'll, I'll kind of, like, make vibrations, so if something's there, it'll move, or it'll know that I'm coming, and it'll make a noise, so I know. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, because that, that's how we saw that cotton mouth yeah. that we almost, you know, yeah. that would have been bad. Okay. Um, um, yeah, keep the questions coming because it's making me think more. Okay. Um, um, usually what I like to do is I like to, just like you, I'll take a backpack and I'll just get like um, a lot of different types of uh of baits so you know i have crawdad looking soft plastics even crawdad hard plastics but um i guess now we can go back into to the lures uh not unless you think of something else later on that you want to add as far as like 101 style stuff so just to recap polarized glasses uh probably boots um you know watch out for so just in case you step on something that wants to bite you um you were also saying uh, not to get too close to the water and what was the last thing was that it uh, i think so i mean also the boots oh google earth google oh yeah earth. google earth okay yeah i use that to find a lot of fishing spots or just i you can also tell to see what's like private property because you can usually see fence lines or if you have to cross the fence okay all right yeah yeah <laughs> oh oh yeah and also um we've gotten a lot of information just by talking to people at yeah. the places that we go to. Um, that's a really good uh, way to cut the learning curve on the area that you're fishing at. Like, if you're at a new spot and you see somebody there fishing, um, you know, if they look friendly, you can just ask them a few yeah. questions about that spot. Um, and that way you will learn what they've learned without having to actually experience it, which, you know, that'll cost you time and possibly, you know, losing lures and stuff. But, um, so I think that's a good one, talking to people. Yeah, or, so, like, if you're going to a new spot and you're new at, like, fishing, what helped me a lot was, like, looking around. There's a lot of messy people or they'll lose their lures. Um, but you can figure out what people are using. If it is a spot that people go to, um, okay. you can figure out what lures they're using and you can throw something similar or the similar colors. And that's how I usually catch fish, too. Okay. Um, Oh, and if you're fishing with kids, um, if you're, and you're scouting an area, don't ever scout with kids. Um, I've gone to places where there was, uh, you know, there's Cottonmouth. Uh, there was another spot I went to. There was an actual alligator in the bayou. It was a huge alligator. It was like yeah. six feet long. If one of, if your kid falls in the water, I mean, that would be a horrible thing. Um, but just if you're scouting, just go. Uh, either yourself and with another able-bodied person and um and that's probably the best way to do that too all right um you want to think of uh 
I mean, as a beginner too, you don't need any like expensive equipment. They have like I've always used like Abu Garcia. Um, okay. And so you want to talk about like a rod setup? I mean, a yeah. I, so like I've always used like I guess cheaper than normal um, like reels, like big casters. Um, okay. Or like spin rods. Um, okay. No spin reels, I mean. Um, I, man, honestly, I, I love Zebco. I've used Zebco for a long time, the push-button ones. Yeah. I just started using the Baycaster, like, the past two years now. Probably won't. I probably won't go back, but they are pretty fun to use. I mean, yeah, if that's what you can get, like, yeah, or that's what you're more comfortable with. As long as you're casting good. I mean, um, as long as you're catching them, right? Yeah. That's really all that matters. But just to get yourself, like, a decent... They're, they're not too expensive, um the reels that I had. I've had those since I was in, like, high school, I guess. Um, okay. Up until recently. But... Uh, what um, what kind of uh, line would you suggest using? And uh, and then we can go into... Yeah, it, we'll just... Yeah, yeah, yeah just so the ahead. line. Uh, this is kind of, like, an iffy topic because, like, people... There's a whole side of people where they, like... They'll use like light line and like. Oh, is it like the the nine millimeter versus the forty millimeter? Something like 40 that. <laughs> I use the hardcore line. I will. I will. I don't want my line to pop. I want to be able to pull my lure out or pull the debris my lure is hooked into, so I'm not getting snagged up. But there's people that will use like two pound line for like catching <laughs> double digit bass. Like I, I don't understand. Oh wow. So, but I usually use braid and like very. Um, like where there's creeks or ponds or lakes that have a lot of like trees or uh, vegetation. Okay. But I use like fluorocarbon or mono for um, like clearer water or more open water, um, and also like rocks too. Uh, it's, okay. It's just better with that. Uh, but the braid, yeah, I would start off. The minimum I ever go for braid is like twenty pounds. Okay. Oh. Uh, that sounds pretty safe. I, I yeah. know you told me you had a bass that was like caught up in primrose, and you were trying to pull it in, and if and the the line busted it, when that yeah, the line busted because you're trying to pull it through the primrose. Yeah, yeah, that primrose sucks, and we have a lot of that in Texas. But the braid would cut right through that. The yeah, yeah, you can actually whip. Yeah, you go whip the rod, it and you'll cut, the, and it'll cut it right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've done that at the lake by the house. The primrose is good too for uh, for. Uh, cover so bass will sit underneath that so if you have something that can like you know you're going to use something that's not going to get hooked in the primrose which we'll get into that later as far as uh the type of lure that you would use but um like for like a frog you could put that over the primrose and just you know reel it in slowly pull it tug it and you'll be surprised you'll get a blow up uh, off a big bass even medium sized small that are hiding underneath there. Gar hide under there also. Oh yeah. So the gar too, um Oh, I've had gar snap my braid, so and there's no way really around that besides using like a metal leader with the gar. Oh yeah. Their teeth are so sharp and tiny it'll it'll snap your line. That would be a good segment, right? Talk about gar fishing. Yeah. I've seen some pretty cool videos on that. Um so so we covered the line 
we covered uh, the real, the real, and the and the. What what kind of rod would you would you prefer? I mean, I would like test the waters a little bit. No pun intended. You know, just <laughs> there's rods that I got from Academy that have been like like the one that I I've, I've always used. I would use it for um, like skipping lures into like spots. Oh, um, that because it has a really yeah. Flexible I got it for like. $19 a while back but now it's like $12 I think it's twelve fifty. oh that's the one that for I that have rod. too yeah and that rod I've never had it snap it's like a it's very flexible but it's sturdy um, okay the only thing I think that's cheap on it are like the little the little eye loops but I mean you can yeah. always fix them uh, but if you want to get into it it's just I mean that's a good rod to they have cheaper rods I mean you don't need some $200 rod and real combo to, to get into it I mean if you have the money to do it might as well but I would just buy more baits with that okay or lures um there's that do you want to talk about you want to go back into soft plastics and then we'll talk about hard plastics after that yeah depending um, on what we're trying to do so I've I'm trying to think like what I can say about the soft plastics. Well, I, I guess I could say like when when to use them or like what situations to use them in. And what color? Yeah, and what colors? Um, oh, um, the weather. The weather oh, yeah. is like is super important. So, and also that will that could uh, be a variable in the choice of bait that you want to use. Also, yeah, right? actually, yeah. Talk about that, and then and then we'll go back to that. <laughs> well, with the baits, I was just gonna say like match the hatch. You always match the watercolor. Um, okay. Or you oppose the watercolor. Like I say, it's real murky. Um, you can use like, like our murky water over here is like it looks like chocolate milk. Um, but I'll use like white, like chartreuse white um, as a combo, or either or, or um, like red and black, blue and black, black. Um, a lot of those colors for really dark water. So basic colors, like say like you're not trying to go out and spend a hundred dollars, but like if you could choose three colors, I know I've seen in the past that black is pretty good. Uh, water, uh, what is it? Watermelon pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin, and then um, uh, what was the other one? Was it red? I think it was red or white. I usually it's like if I had to pick any three worms, I would do like. Maybe a black and blue for this area, okay. um, like a watermelon, um, which is the green mixed with like a little green pumpkin, right? Yeah, or something like that, that color, and then maybe like a white and gray or just a white. Um, okay. But th those are the three because you can always we have green water, we have clear water uh, in some areas. It's rare, but um, and then we have chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. But I'm trying to think. Okay, so we can get back to the the whole weather thing. Um, it's good for it's good for um, top water when there's like overcast um, or like when a storm's about to roll up. Uh, you can use a lot of top waters. Like I'm not too into frogs. That's more of like a sunny thing. I think I never really got into frogs. I, I suck at using them. I'm, I think I've only caught like one fish on a frog in my entire life. 
Can you explain why it's harder with the frog? <laughs> yeah, you gotta let that frog sit. And I don't have... I have patience, but not that much patience. It's... You move it, you bounce it. It's probably your muscle reflex. You're just, like, used to ripping it, right? Yeah, I'm used to setting that hook. But you gotta let the, <laughs> you gotta let the bass swallow it. I remember one time I was fishing in a creek. And I was using a frog and this gar. He grabbed it and he pulled it down. And I thought, I thought it was finished. I thought it was done. So I ripped that thing so hard. My frog flew, like, 20 feet in the air. <laughs> it flew behind me. I was like, oh... I didn't do that right. Yeah, I, I've ripped frogs out of bass's mouths. I've had so many blow-ups on them. I just, I'm not good at setting the hook. Um, that's it. So could you elaborate a little bit more about the, uh, the top waters and the different kinds? As far as, like, if you're, uh, if you're, just getting into bass fishing yeah um so with overcast um is a good time to use top waters because you don't have that like a sun glare you just have a shadow um or what is it i guess like dawn to dusk that those little areas those little spans of time um when the sun's coming up when the sun's going down that's a good time to use to uh, to use top waters yeah, I've used the, uh, I've used that uh, jitterbug, the arbogast jitterbug, um, as the sun's setting and right before, right as it's setting, um, and I've caught, I've caught some catfish that way, even even some bass. Yeah, I I love I usually fish um, when the sun was setting. That was a lot like after high school and stuff. Um, I would catch a lot of fish on top water using like torpedoes or. Um, I don't know. I don't. I never really seen too many people using torpedoes. They use like whopper ploppers, and I've never. I've had luck on whopper ploppers, just not as much as my torpedoes. That's the lure I go to. Um, but yeah, there's jitterbugs. There's um, what are those things called? Uh, like spooks? They're called spooks. Um, oh yeah, it's like a, it's like a tube. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool because if you if you uh, if you tug on them. Um, like in a sideways motion, it rattles and it makes the it makes the bait go like left and right. Yeah, it does its little V. It does like, a V pattern, right? And the and the bass love that action. <clears throat> There's also uh, poppers. I use a lot of poppers too. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what else. There's there's like um, a lot of hard plastics too for. Um, for top waters that are like I guess they're kind of like a swim bait like they have little snake lures or you, you've seen like the little duck lures the oh, turtles yeah. and it gets into that I've never really I've never really used those but like <laughs> that reminds I, they do me. catch fish dude bass eat anything man something moves in front of them they're gonna eat it <laughs> that reminds me of that video that you showed me of those guys fishing um upstate, upstate. <laughs> they're, what, are they, what are they fishing uh, they're fishing for pike uh, well, pike will bite it, but they're fishing for musky. Musky. Yeah. What were they using for a lure? <laughs> dildos. <laughs> they're using dildos for, for fishing for uh, 
I mean, but if you look at their lures, their lures are literally that big. They're like, <laughs> they're like a foot long. But, but when I saw the video, I was like, wow, that actually looks like a fish in the water, dude. Yeah. It looks... I mean, it basically has the paddle tail. <laughs> it's like a swim bait, like a giant swim bait. <laughs> oh, yeah, that video is pretty funny. And these guys are catching, like, massive fish. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, there's, so, I mean... So back on the on the top water, so you that's said, hard. That's a bunch of hard plastics I was just talking about. The hard um, plastic, okay. But then you have you're also like your frogs, um, that are like the hollow body frogs okay. that are kind of a soft, squishy plastic, and it has air, or you get a little bit of water in to keep weight. Okay. Um, man, I feel like I'm missing some top waters, but I mean that's what I've used. I've never really used anything else but that, but. Um, you can also use soft plastics. So they have soft plastic frogs. Um, I think the bait name is Ribbit. Oh, yeah, it is Ribbit. It is Ribbit. Okay, so I've used those. I used to use those a lot um, near Lake Houston on the lily pads. Those are cheaper than buying the the other ones, right? Yeah, and, and the they're... Because they, they're like 10 bucks. I've caught fish on those frogs because you can let them sink a little bit, too. Uh, okay. But what I was talking about with soft plastics, you can literally use a worm and skip it across the water really fast. Or I've used crawls uh, with the big like paddle tail arms, whatever. Or yeah, like claws, claws. Um, and uh, what is it? Flukes. A lot of flukes I've caught uh, top water. So like I like when I said I would skip them, I would just use like a little weight on a hook throw it out there and skip it on top of the water and just kind of like reel it up real fast or just reel it in at a constant motion and let it kind of skip around and I've had bass blow up on it um okay and I've caught them that way yeah there's times where I'm tired of fishing and I just start screwing around and I'm like reeling the line in super duper fast or like I'll just tug it like all like just not even thinking about how I'm doing it, just goofy, and I've, I've caught fish that way too, like, or I've even saw a fish chase it all the way up to me, and then he sees me, and then he turns around. Yeah, that's also another issue, that's how you scare the fish, um, that's why I stay back, I, I mean, I stay back too, because, like, growing up, I grew up near Lake Houston fishing, there's alligators, Yeah. so, I mean, you don't want to stand close to the water, um, but I, I had that habit built in. It's like it's kind of like hunting. Yeah. You stay back, stay quiet. Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, you want to talk about maybe? I mean, I've kayaked fish um, quite a bit. Um, I, I was I was listening to uh, I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and it was all about summer uh, fishing. Uh, for when it gets really hot and I, I saw something that the guy was saying was that he tries to look for shadows on the uh, in, in the lakes the creeks wherever he's at a pond and he said that um, basically they like to they like to sit in those little pockets as ambush points and um, if, if it's really hot outside and it's the, you know the middle of the day you can find the little shadows they'll go down yeah. and, and you can and you can also uh, toss straight into those shadow points where you see shadow or and most of the time the fish are gonna be in those areas or if they're not in the shadow areas where they're gonna be at is deep 
Yeah. Um, and I know you've taught me before how to tell how deep it is by getting, uh, like, just getting a Texas rig worm. And then you can also feel the bottom of of wherever you're fishing. If it's yeah. rocky, if it's muddy, um, how deep it is. You can use a crankbait, and that'll let you know how deep it is. Because you'll know after a while of you reeling uh, or using a crankbait, you'll see the trajectory of that crankbait. So, like, say you have, like, a wide mouth, and you know that it goes down pretty quickly. Once you hit bottom, you'll know that it's probably, like, after you reeled it in like 15 times you'll know that it's probably pretty deep yeah i mean the the crankbaits um especially the deep diving ones are like i guess the, the square bill they have like i think square bills they have some like four to six feet and six to eight i think they go by that i don't they, they tell you on the actual lure itself okay. so you can use those as like guide points of how deep you want to be checking the water but i mean if it's clear you can see it kind of Okay. All right. So, um, can you talk to us a little bit about um, some crankbaits that you use? Uh, yeah. Um, I never. I don't know. I don't really know the brands I use. I just get crankbaits to be honest. I if don't, it looks good, you'll yeah, buy it. If yeah. If I if I hadn't had it before, I have kind of like a, a big collection of <laughs> lures. <laughs> yeah. But um, with the crankbaits. I think I've, what is it, Strike King or Strike, is that, is that a brand? I think so. Strike King is, yeah. Okay. But I, I was I was referring to like the type, so I know that there's the the the, the, the deep divers, and then, oh, there's, then there's the minnows, there's also minnows that you can use, those have like a smaller um, plastic piece on the front of the mouth, so they don't dive that deep per se or are they jer- they're uh, jerk baits yeah those are I think con- like they're considered like stick baits or something like that um, jerk baits yeah but yeah. it's kind of the same category they have a little bill to dive down um, but they kind of stay uh, they don't go a whole lot deeper they just stay like right yeah. below the water what I've been using a lot um, is like the suspending um... oh those are awesome yeah the, you know what I'm talking about right I've yeah, been getting yeah. into that more and more it's it, like, it stays put wherever the last reel you had it, it'll stay put. I mean, it sinks real slow, um, like super, super slow, but it stays like in, if you kind of just jerk it around a little bit, it'll move like if the fish is dying. Yeah, um, yeah. Because we both know that no fish actually swims like how the minnows move, yeah. this minnow baits that we have, because what they do is they, they uh, kind of wobble back and forth really fast, like uh, a minnow does, and then... If it's not suspended, if it's not a suspended minnow bait, what it'll do is it'll float to the top of the surface, and then it starts its uh, its action again once you start reeling it in. But the suspended one, say you reel it in and it goes down like two feet, it'll stay there after you stop reeling it in, after you stop tugging it, and it won't go anywhere. So it's way more realistic. Yeah. I mean, and also bass usually hit, if you want to like, go off like I guess technique um bass usually hit when you stop moving um there are bass that'll hit like mid reel and stuff like that but um like topwaters when you stop moving the topwater bait that's usually when they hit um so that's important to have that pause yeah right to, have those to pauses not be so or... impatient with that 
I mean, but there, that's what I'm saying. There are places like that one lake um, off of 99 and 290. Oh, the one pass. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't catch a fish there for so long, and it was my last time. I usually have, like, I'll give a pond or a creek or somewhere, like, three times, um, like, three chances. If I don't catch a fish, I won't go there anymore. Okay. Um, and it was on my third try. In the middle of winter, also, um, so the fish aren't as active. And I was trying everything I had. So I got a, I had a stick bait, a little, man, I don't even know what to, what to call it. it. It was a weird looking fish thing. It dives down. Um, so I was reeling it in faster and faster. And the fish wouldn't hit it until it was reeling like as fast as I could reel the bait. Oh, right. Okay. It was crazy. The, they were like super active in the middle of the winter. Um, and I was catching like three pound bass all day man it was, that was a that was an experience I've never experienced that like where I'm reeling to the fullest extent of my reel like and that was the only way that you were catching yeah I, there was no pause I couldn't pause like I had to just rip it past those pillars um but for crankbaits um you reel it down it's diving you let it float back up a little bit you reel it down or you can just do a constant I know um, like my dad, for instance, he fishes like that. He'll reel in constant, um, but he'll switch it up. He'll do also like the pause, but I never really had, I don't know. I don't really try it, just reeling it in slowly. I'll yeah. pause it, make it go up. Um, I seen uh, this, uh, what's his name? Something, uh, he's a professional bass angler. His name's uh, Van Dam. I can't remember what his first name is, but what, what he does with the minnow baits <clears throat> He doesn't reel him in. What he does is he jerks the crap out of the fishing pole. Yeah. And it and it gives the the minnow the darting action. Have you ever seen a, a minnow? Whenever you scare it, it just like it just darts away, and that's exactly what you're replicating when you do uh, when you retrieve it like that. So what you do is you just jerk it really hard uh, to the left or the right, depending on on, on what you on how you want to do it, uh, and then reel in the slack, pause. And then you jerk it again. You can even jerk it three times in a row. Jerk, jerk, jerk. Reel it in. Uh, reel in the slack and start over. You can do a super hard jerk. <clears throat> I know we were fishing over there by uh, Lake Houston. It was over. It was over there by Lake Houston on the east side by the boat by the boatway. And uh, I was I was already tired because we were in, out in the sun all morning. And I just got bored and I just started jerking the crap out of it. Oh yeah. And I was yeah. telling you, I was like, hey, there's a guy that does it like. So, as far as uh, as far as soft plastics go, um, if if you could choose like your four favorite, um, we've already gone through the colors and everything. So, you, I mean, you can you can go by that. But what what are your four um, four favorite soft plastics? And then how do you? And then we'll go into how you uh, hook them up. Um. So I mean, first off, worms. Uh, Kind of like, you know, like the little yum dingers or the the senkos too. Yeah, the little senkos, um, worms like those. All it is, all it is, is a is a tube. Yeah, it's like just a little it's like stick. A worm. Yeah. And the senko is is different because it's instead of looking like a 
like a ribbed worm, it's got flat edges on it, on all sides of it. It's like an octagon shape. Yeah. Um, Crawdads for sure, right? Yeah, crawls. Any type of crawl, man. I, they like crawls down here. Um, I'm trying to think. I use a lot of brush hogs too. The little, they have little appendages. It's, it's and, the little alien looking ones, yeah. right? It looks kind of like a little bug or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, the baby brush hogs work pretty good. I'm trying to think what else. Because I, I use... Uh, are you uh, are you Texas rigging all these? Cause yeah, I, a lot of them are Texas rigged. Or um, I would use I use a lot of flukes too. So that would be my oh, fourth fluke. one. Okay. okay. Um, flukes. What what does a fluke look like? Can you explain? It's it? just like a little minnow has a straight tail. They have. It's got a little fork tail or a straight tail, right? Yeah, either one. Um, but it literally looks like a little minnow. And it kind of just jitters around in the water. Those are cool because if you if you have a hook on it, like a, a light hook, you can kind of do that jerking motion like yeah. we were discussing earlier. And it looks really real. It looks very realistic. And then when it falls down, it looks like it's like uh, it looks like it's dying. Yeah. And then you go back to tugging it again. Um, so... The Texas rig, um, that can you explain that? I know that uh, I've used the Carolina rig. That one's pretty cool, but the Texas rig is is something that um, you kind of showed me, uh, like a, I guess a better way to use it. Cause I I used to use the Carolina rig. I didn't even know that's what it was called, but I fished like that because it was more like um, the way you fish when you're fishing with um, dead or, or bait. Because yeah. I would put a I would put a, a weight and then I would put uh, I would have some line coming out of it and then I would have my hook. It, that's basically what a Carolina rig is. Yeah. Except it's got a soft plastic on it. Yeah, I mean, um, I mostly use Texas rig or I'll use like a football head jig or like a finesse jig. I use a lot of jigs too, um, but I'll just add crawls onto the jig or add worms onto the jig. A jig is the uh, is where it's uh, it's got a little weight on the front, and then it has a hook attached to it. Yeah. So it falls down like head first, and then the back part of the tail, whatever you have hooked onto it, will flutter as it's falling down, and that's that's what the fish like to see. Um, yeah, those are called trailers, I believe. Trailers. Okay. It's whatever you're putting on the actual hook itself. Oh, uh, okay. What uh? So the Texas rig, how how does that? How do you how do you uh, how would someone rig that up? What do you do? You get your line, right? And then yeah, you... I get I get my line. Um, hook my little uh, what's it called? My weight through, like a little bullet weight. Uh, bullet weights work good. For yeah, it, this is like I think they have lead ones or like the tungsten, really expensive for like two of them. It's like almost I don't even know. It's expensive. I don't ever buy them. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who hook on uh, beads like the little red beads to make it more of a clanking noise um, I have used that before and it does work I've just I, never really like done it too much I, I, usually, I usually do that all the time until I run out of beads <laughs> yeah or okay so from that um, you can add on that I'll hook up to the line uh, tie my knot I just tie, I don't even know what my knot's called. I just do it. I've learned it since I was little, so 
Okay. But, uh, then I'll hook, I don't even know how to explain this. I, I hook the tip of the, the hook through the front of the bait and I kind of just poke it through. Okay. Um, outwards and I'll spin the hook around a little bit and then I will measure with the hook like where it would go in and that's where I put it in. I don't like overstretch it past the hook or anything like that unless I'm the bait's messed up and I have to adjust to it. But okay. uh, and then and also I know that the the knot that I use is uh, it's called a double shindo. I learned it from um, one of those I can't remember his first name but his last name is Swindell. If you look at bass fishing Swindell, uh, his a bunch of videos will pop up. But he does a double shindo. So basically, you're you're pulling the line, you're pulling uh, like a bunny ear loop inside the eyelet, and then you bring it back up, and then you wrap it around six times, and then you bring the that end through in between the uh, in between the hook and the line, where you know, whenever you're, uh, you, if you watch the video, you'll you'll understand. Yeah, it's real hard better. to explain. I, I would have to like literally show how I set up my rigs but so that's a that's a whole another topic too so knots if if you're just starting out I would watch videos on knot tying and then just pick one or two that you like or one or two that's gonna be um, useful for the way you're fishing and uh, you should be good get good at those um, so the um, so what kind of hook are you using for this uh, for the Texas rig um, they're like an offset hook. Um, it's called it's called an offset, right? Yeah. They're they look offset. I mean, I don't know how to explain them. Well. So it's a it's a J hook, but at the at the top part of the J, it basically it uh, it curves down and it comes back up like a lightning bolt, something like that. Yeah. And that and that lets the bait sit on like that. Flush. It's like just a straight. It's basically straight. It keeps the bait from falling off yeah. the hook. It's really uh, helpful, but what's, they have they have different sizes. Um, what what size do you use? I know you. I've used a three, a three odd. I use it depending on the bait size. I mean, that's how you're supposed to use it. That's why there's. I have uh, big offset hooks, like I think like size five. I think they call it like zero five or something like that. Okay. Um, but that's for bigger baits like huge crawls or the um the brush hogs i use them a lot for those the, uh, and the really big worms i guess but i mean yeah just pick a size that usually like you said three that's like a good in between okay. or most uh soft plastics and I know that um, I never I had never done this before, but sometimes you don't even put a weight. You just put the the hook on, and then you and then you uh, put the uh, the soft plastic on, yeah. and then you use it like that, which is it's called weightless, right? Mm -hmm. What well, what's the benefit to using that type of approach? Uh, if you don't want it sinking, like if you have a lot of debris at the bottom that you can get snagged up in, you don't want to like let it sit all the way down. I mean, I use them a lot mostly for flukes because the fluke itself has the weight, and I don't want like a weight pulling it down. Because um, okay. I like it going wild between like the like branches or the weeds and stuff. Okay. Uh, it also lets it uh, move more freely. Like it, it yeah. It, the it'll it has more action. Mm -hmm. 
I use them a lot too in like uh, spillways, uh, weightless, because I just let it tumble, and it'll uh, tumble by itself. Basically, what the fish see, the bait coming, like that's how they normally eat. Yeah. Um, like flukes out there, there or crawls. Oh, they'll sit there and wait for minnows to fall. Yeah. In the and caught in that tumble. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I didn't really think about that. That's pretty cool. But yeah, spillways are the way to go. <laughs> spillways. I always find fish there um but yeah i mean you got anything else yeah um so you so we were talking about um the soft plastics different kind that you like to use and um like also like one other important thing is if you're going to be out there fishing i mean it's really important for you to get a fishing license oh yeah <laughs> we we've completely <laughs> forgot about that but that's super important yeah that's the first step uh get a fishing license you don't want to you don't want to get a ticket from a freaking a game warden that's kind of a, a dumb ticket you know yeah. <laughs> you're fishing it because <laughs> we've had we i've had a warden roll up on me more than once um we i wasn't i wasn't fishing at the time i was skateboarding but um it can happen and you don't want a ticket like that and plus also it's that money that you are spending for that license is going towards uh, the conservation of of wildlife in the state of texas so i mean that's don't be a poacher don't be a poacher you're still a poacher even if it's fishing <laughs> but but yeah get, yeah get a fishing light that's a, um, one of the main things <laughs> If you, uh, I know you said you and your dad did tournaments before. Um, can you tell me some, maybe like some fishing experiences that you've had while you were doing a tournament, or maybe just like, oh, just in general? Yeah. Um, I can talk about when I caught my PB. Um, I was fishing over there on the way to College Station, and it was a very, very cold day. Uh, it was like sleet, like sleet. It was a lot of sleep coming down. Okay. And I was supposed to meet my dad out at this area. It was a lake deep in the woods, man. I took my truck out there all in the mud, and I got out there. I was supposed to meet my dad. He never, um, he couldn't make it there. So I'm sitting there fishing alone, and I I make soft plastics. Um, so I had made this, like, I guess it was like a peach, um, like fluorescent peach uh, lure. It was like a just a little caterpillar-looking uh, worm, oh, and I had a um, a football jig head on it, and I would throw it out there, and I would bounce it every like minute to two minutes, um, and just let it sit, and I would just bounce it up, and kind of I would move it around a little bit. I wouldn't like keep it still. I would move it around, but I would bounce it every once in a while. So my retrievals were like five minutes. Like it was, oh wow! It was slow. I know sometimes um, you grab your line instead yeah, I'll of even moving grab my it, line. Yeah. Instead of moving it with your pole, because if you move it with your pole, it'll move a lot more than you actually realize. Mm-hmm. But if you grab the line, and I've seen you like gently tug on it, and it and it makes the bait wiggle, right? Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'll do that. So I was retrieving super slow, and I was getting ready to leave because like I was cold, man. My hands were hurting. Um. And I had a bite, which I, well, it wasn't a very aggressive bite. It was just like, I felt something you can feel when the fish engulfs it. Um, 
and then I felt the line get tight and it started pulling out and I was like oh whoa I got a fish so I set the hook and when I set the hook the fish did not move man it was like it literally felt like a snag like a branch or something and I was like whoa and I'm reeling in harder and I see the side of the fish because it's I'm standing back on the bank and I see the side of the fish and it was huge um man I, I wish I was better prepared that day because I didn't I didn't have my scale oh really I didn't have my scale I didn't have anyone to take pictures for me I was cold um so I, I brought in the fish I, I thought my my pole was gonna snap um because I was kind of like on a, a pitched bank so and I was at the top so I had to go down and I was sliding into the water trying to get the fish out because it was just like like thrashing around oh dang I could fit both of my fists in its mouth damn it was a it was a toad dude I was freaking out because I had never caught a fish that big before <laughs> um and I'm pulling it out and I'm trying to take a picture and the pictures do no justice do you remember what kind of bass it was he got I think it was just a regular large mouth. large mouth yeah um so I've caught seven eight pound bass and this was bigger than that dang I just didn't have a scale so I mean I can't prove that <laughs> it was my PB but I know for sure it was by how big it was and how heavy it was yeah um pulling it out of the water I had both my hands on it yeah. I dropped my pole completely like I was just trying to I didn't want it to come off I jumped on the fish like I was like don't leave <laughs> um <laughs> And it was moving my hands around like it was just thrashing oh, around. Wow, that so you, that's how you know that it's yeah. that's a heavy. Bastard. It was it was a bucket a bucket mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I brought it back to my truck. I I had a a tape measure actually. I don't know if I still have a photo of it. I believe the fish was twenty eight inches long. Okay. It was a a very long fish. Crap. Um, and it was heavy. It was a very heavy fish. I took pictures. Um, Yeah, and I sent it to my dad. He's like, "Oh man, I should have came." That was the only fish I caught that day too. Oh really? It was just a huge fish. I was so excited going home, man. Um, but yeah, I obviously let it go. Was it uh, was it da- your dad that got you into fishing? Uh yeah, actually, um, he had poles. He used to fish a lot um, when he was in high school. So he had stopped for a while, and. I used his poles when I was growing up, so I would go out fishing and go to different lakes and stuff like that. Um, when you and when you first started fishing, you lived uh, where'd you live at? Uh, near Lake Houston. Oh, near Lake Houston. Okay. Yeah, I had I was staying out on some property over there. Okay. But behind it, there was nothing but just there was a bunch of different lakes or uh, ponds out there. No one went to, so it was just like a bass haven, dude. Like, you'd... dang, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this that experience I've had, um, like for the tournament, I had a my favorite spot to fish at. I, don't, I haven't been out there in over like a year or so. Um, it was like a drainage pond. No, it was a um, a backup pond. That's what it was. It's where they sucked in water. Oh, okay. For a um, for like a plant. Oh, okay, okay. So it was just, just in case, like, there was a fire or something, because it was, like, a gas plant. Did you ever pull out a, a three-eyed fish, like, on the Simpsons? Nah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've fished at, like, sketchy spots. Like, the water is questionable, but, I mean, I'm not, like, eating the fish, so I don't really care. Yeah. Um, 
but that this pond was in the middle of winter. Um, it was really warm because they, I get, I don't know, the, the pond was warm, so the fish were super active, and every fish I caught there was above two pound, two pounds. I've never caught a fish that was like below it. Oh wow! And every time I threw my line in the water, I was catching a fish. Dang, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but they actually had a fire at that plant. It blew up, so the fire department didn't have enough water, so they sucked up the pond. And I haven't been out, back out there since. Dang. Um, that was in between uh, Belleville and Hempstead, I believe. There's a plane out there. Oh, so they were, knows it. <laughs> they were using that lake for um, for the uh, fire pump. Something like that, yeah. So they were pulling in the water, uh, the water from to the fire pump, and then through the sprinkler system inside yeah. the building. But yeah, that pond was crazy. I I actually used that pond for a tournament that I had over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the thing is, the guy that was hosting the tournament, he was the owner of that plant. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I think I got um, fourth place in that tournament. Okay. Um, it, it went by like I think five fish or three fish. By weight, but what are what are the types of uh, fish that you've caught out uh, out here? I know I've caught uh, crappie, I've caught uh, largemouth bass, um, of course catfish and perch. Oh, uh, and also there's a spot in, in Houston that I, I check out with the kids, and uh, we we can pull out tilapia. There's tilapia in that yeah. little spot. We just use salami, a little hook, and uh, my son, he's he's three years old. He caught like ten of those little tilapias. <laughs> that was fun because yeah. he was like he was like, oh, it's the first time he went fishing, and I found the perfect spot, and he was just pulling them out. But what what other kind of fish uh, breeds do you see in uh, in this area of Texas, the Houston area? And we have a, quite a bit. Um, I know I know you go fishing and. Cypress, the woodlands. I mean, we pretty much go fishing wherever there's water. Yeah. But what other kind of uh, fish do you find besides the ones that I brought up? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of tilapia. Um, I think we have like four different types of gar here. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think. We got what three different types of catfish down here. We have. Spotted bass, largemouth, yeah. Okay, so we have three types of bass too. I know that. I don't. I know in northern Texas we have a smallmouth, but I've never really caught a smallmouth in Texas. Um, okay. We have the Guadalupe bass, spotted bass, and largemouth mostly over here. Do you know? Uh, do you know what that catfish is called? Um, it's a dark catfish. It's like gray. No, I think it's the blue. It's the blue. I caught a blue out of the lake right by my house. Oh, really? Yeah, the one where you they go get, biking? I think they get big. I don't know if it's that or the channel. Channel cat. The channel cat, I believe, is the, like the yellowish tan looking one. Or Yeah, that's true. They're like yellowish. They look like... Uh, have you ever seen like a, like a lemon shark? They look like yeah. that color brown. Yeah. Like a um, peanut butter brown, right? Yeah, it depends where too because I've... Like over there near Lake Somerville, I've caught a, a a catfish over there, and it was like 
you know how like the little hogs they have the little speckled like tan brown and like gray and white they like yeah. have like little spots like a hyena kind of okay. that's how the the catfish looked okay so I mean I don't know what kind of catfish that was but they have those there too um I didn't tell I didn't tell you but when I t- went fishing with uh Lindsay in Galveston we caught uh, a dogfish it's oh, yeah. a dogfish or also a mother-in-law fish <laughs> that thing is ugly dude yeah. it's gross and before I grabbed it I I had a feeling that it had barbs or something and um, I grabbed the pliers and then I had um, I had my knife in my pocket and I, I knocked on the fish where I thought the barbs were at and sure enough it had it had some it serious barbs well, it didn't poke them out, but you can... You could see it? You can hear the bone off of my knife oh, yeah. when I was tapping yeah, on it. Yeah, some nasty fish, man. And I, I looked it up, and they're actually... Um, like a venomous fish? They're venomous, yeah. yeah. I don't know how bad, but... I heard it hurts. I know I it's never got hurt. Stung by that. Or poked. Um, Catfish have that too, huh? Yeah. I... I did something stupid when I was little. I kicked the catfish... Um, like a dead catfish carcass, I guess. It was on the side of a bank, and I was trying to move it out the way because uh, it stunk. And when I kicked it, the barb was out, and it went through my shoe and went into my big toe. Uh, man, that hurts so bad. It literally, like, it poked straight into, like... Oh. <laughs> uh, my uh, my stepdad, he got, he got pricked by one of those... Uh, ch- uh, it, was a, it was a channel cat... And I know you were telling me the ones in the Gulf are actually have venom. I be- or like bacteria or, or bacteria. something like that. Yeah, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Those hurt. Yeah, he... I've never seen... I've never seen... Uh, I hadn't seen him cry ever until he, yeah, he got hit with that. And I guess he didn't know that they had barbs. Uh, he he didn't he, he doesn't really go fishing a lot. And when I met him, he, I don't think he'd ever fished before. But he... Uh, he was he had it in his hand and you know how catfish move they're slimy yeah. and that thing was knocking his head back and forth and it hit him right on oh like a bone his or something wrist bone oh. on his wrist bone yeah you know where the cholos get the tattoo mm-hmm. on the wrist <laughs> oh it popped him right there dude he fell down on the floor and he was like ah i thought he was faking cuz he was like quiet and then he finally started making a noise. And he was like, oh. Right, you know when someone's quiet, they're in pain. Like, they're just like. Yeah. And, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't go fishing for a long time after that. <laughs> we have um, cichlid here, too. I think it's, like, one of the only native cichlids to the Americas. Um, the Rio Grande cichlid. Belcaro. Didn't you say there's also, like, a mine cichlid or something like that? Yeah, we have those down, I think, in Florida. They have a lot of... Florida's crazy, man. They have... It's like a jungle over there. Amazon rainforest, whatever. Amazon River. <laughs> yeah, they, they have lakes literally everywhere. Like, the way we have creeks, that's what they have. They have lakes everywhere. I didn't get a chance to fish when I was out there. I was kind of annoyed, but... I was busy doing other things <laughs> yeah but yeah we have that we have a lot of um what's it called like perches i guess like bluegill uh green sunfish uh what else are they called like it's just sunfish yeah I sunfish. Don't know. 
they have those. Uh, oh, we also have, um, man, what are they called? I always forget the fish's name. They're not snakeheads, they're the other ones. You know what I'm talking about? Bowfish? Bowfin? Bo- yeah, bowfin. That's bowfin. what it is. I've caught one of those before, too. I've actually caught a couple of them. What are those? On the lures. They literally look like a snakehead. Like, they have sharp teeth um, and, like, a sneakish body towards the end. It's just, it goes to, like, one fin. Oh, that's they gross. Have, oh, like a eel? Yeah, almost? something like that. Those are the ones that have the big, like, sharp teeth, right? Like yeah. a dog? Like a yeah. canine teeth? They, they're actually pretty cool. I caught one um, in a creek that I couldn't catch bass. I that I see I would see the bass and just couldn't catch them. They wanted live bait, but um, I was fishing with the lure at the bottom, and I got a bite, and I thought I had a bass, um, but I pulled up a spawning bowfin, oh, okay. and it was like blue, like a I don't know, like a what is it called, like a turquoise or teal? Okay. It was like super vibrant. Um, the whole fish was like blue, like under the mouth, under the belly. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like I've seen some of those uh, sunfish have that uh, have that type of pattern where it's like a deep turquoise. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up because oh, this one's green. But look, yeah, the mouth—it's literally like a. You see that? Oh, it looks like it was freaking eating a <laughs> lollipop, like a, like a Jolly Rancher or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. These are green, but mine—the one I saw was like blue, like like that. Wow, that's crazy. Is it because of something in their diet? I have no clue, actually. I don't know how they turn the... It just when they're spawning. Because I looked it up. I was freaking out. I was like, what is wrong with this fish? Oh. We thought it was like radioactive yeah. shit. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and end the podcast. What wrap we can up. do, we'll wrap it up. What we'll do is we'll probably do another one. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about uh, different retrievals and uh, maybe some other things that you might want to bring up. Yeah, get into more detail with with fishing. That'll be cool. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, thanks, guys. I really appreciate y'all tuning in and listening. Uh, I hope this helps. Uh, I know it helped me. Um, But like I said, just uh, the best way to get good at anything is you got to do it. Keep fishing, keep fishing. Just like just like anything else you got to be out there with the line in the water all right we'll have a good one thank you bye